0: I'm just kidding. I love you all. She doesn't. I don't. Hi. Welcome back to Writing in Real Life, a podcast about Tori Amos concerts and book tours. What are you doing? (laughs) You're ruining it. I'm Morgan Baden, and with me is my co-host and my husband, Barry Lyga. Very
1: pissed off, co-host and husband.
0: I threw you for a loop with that one, huh? You really did. No, um...
1: Before we get started, can I just say after our last podcast where I talked about some of the health stuff I'm going through? Yes. Um, I just I wanted to thank everybody out there in Podcast Land for the outpouring of concern and support that we got over email. Um, it really meant a lot to me. <laughs> I take it you're being facetious here. I didn't get a single damn email from anybody.
0: <laughs> I was sitting here like, Did oh, did people like tweet you about no, it? That's nice. Nothing.
1: Nobody cares. Barry's no, in pain, don't. no one cares. Uh, yeah. Screw you people. Go ahead.
0: Okay. Wow. <laughs> So harsh words, guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um it's been a while, right?
1: Yeah, we're about a we're a little yeah. a little less than a week late.
0: This is what happens when we try to prom we like promise that we're going to be back on schedule and then we're not. Yeah, I I'm know. sorry. Um there's been a lot going on. There's a namely a lot going on. Events. I feel like we've had a lot of things to yeah. do that have um that's kind of atypical for us yes. in this post two two baby worlds that we live in right now. Um, we both had some Tori Amos concerts last week. This is true. I had two. You had one. One was with me, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Um, fortuitously, the night that you went with me. She played some
1: Springsteen. She did. She covered a Bruce song. She did that for me. That was and nice. She knew. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, I did slip her a note in yeah. advance. So, um, You've been traveling the country, really, it feels like. <laughs> You're heading out this weekend. You were gone. Two weekends ago, you've been...
1: Yeah, I was in Kentucky a few weeks ago. Uh, In October, I did New York Comic Con, which took me out of the house a little bit. Um, And uh, I'm headed to the Miami Book Festival this weekend, which by the time this podcast airs will probably be over. Uh, I hope retroactively you all visited me at the (laughs) Miami Book Festival, those of you who are listening within shouting distance of Miami.
0: (laughs) And then just last night, actually, it was the National Book Awards um, which I, you attended I did attend yes. I attended as part of my job at Scholastic uh, Our CEO was being named Literarian of the Year Or which is...
1: according to the paper of record The New York Times <laughs> you guys, Libertarian of the Year The
0: New York Times legit tweeted out That Tick Robinson was named Libertarian of the Year And it's been like 14 hours And it hasn't been correct no. <laughs> oh,
1: That's the paper of record That means uh-huh. he was named Libertarian <laughs> of the Year It doesn't matter what actually <laughs> happened
0: Anyway, the word is literarian, which is a lovely word. I actually quite enjoy it. it is um, so you know, the breaks were were really nice. It was so fun having I had two nights out in a row with Tori, which was oh, epic. and then um, last night, which was really great and um, but
1: and it gives me an opportunity to put the kids to bed. yeah, yeah, uh, by myself yeah and and it, that's that's sort of nice. It is nice um, you yeah. know, when you are home. Leia refuses to let me put her to bed. Mm-hmm. But when you are not home, um, I worry that she would be sort of angry and tantrum But she was great when I told her, guess what? Mommy's not going to be home tonight. Mm-hmm. So daddy's going to put you to bed. She was like, great. She was yeah. happy and, and yeah. it was wonderful. It was nice. She's a
0: sweetheart. Yeah. Um, but it's so funny. I was I was remarking last night how no matter what event it is that I'm skipping my standard evening with the kids for um, no matter how excited I am about it. I swear it's like darkness falls and I get this visceral gut reaction to missing my kids so yeah. much and it's, it's fleeting and I know they're fine and I know I will be home in a few short hours, but it is like this weird, like darkness falls and I'm like, I should be home with the kids right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. In
1: case the vampires come
0: out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, good stuff. Uh, so I want to dive into something that I found really interesting and I don't know that you and I have ever talked about this Um and I think it's particularly interesting to get your thoughts on it because of who you are and the fact that writing has always been essentially your hobby right like you've been writing since you were a teeny tiny kid mm-hmm. so uh I came across a thread Molly O'Neill who's a literary literary agent retweeted Andrew Schwartz who is an author okay um so Molly said, uh, you know, essentially read this thread below and related, I often tell clients who just got a book deal that it's also time to get a new hobby because your old hobby just became your job. Yeah. And Andrew's thread is really interesting, um, talking specifically about that, about how uh, there's all this, you know, lead up to trying to get a book deal. And then when you get a book deal, now what is sort of the, the, the hanging off question there. And I like some of the things that he says here, so I want to read them and then we can talk about them. Um, he says that as huge a deal as the industry and we ourselves make out of a debut, it's ultimately a step on the journey, not a destination. That the whole long road to publication is, in a lot of ways, just a massive multi year job interview. Congrats, you got the job, and your prize ultimately is dot 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 a job. <laughs> <laughs> that you have to show up for that has its ups and downs and that like every job most likely brings you as much stress as it does joy
1: and you can get fired
0: you can yeah uh-huh and you're in a way you're working for the man yeah <laughs> you every got editors uh-huh uh anyway do you i mean this is gonna sound really funny because i'm your wife of like four years and i've known you for longer than that but do you have a, ho- a hobby besides writing
1: this podcast we talked about this on an episode of Did the podcast we? once I, I said do i need a hobby um and because i was thinking about that and uh, uh I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to that episode <laughs> um and uh and we we realized that this podcast is my hobby yeah um
0: you that, know, that's why you're always so eager to do it and i'm always like
1: oh. now you know the truth listeners can we delay i know I know, listeners, I know you like her more than you like me, but the fact of the matter is I like you more than she likes you. So think about that.
0: Oh, my God. That's so true.
1: It is. It is so
0: true. And that's why they like me more, because they know I don't need them.
1: Oh, don't even. <laughs> anyway.
0: I'm just kidding. I love you all. She doesn't. I
1: don't. I get to edit this, so I'm going
0: to end <laughs> it. Shit. I mean. You-
1: <laughs> okay. Um, do I have a hobby? I mean, no. I mean, it's yeah. funny because you know, once upon a time, I would have said reading was a hobby. And, and I, I mean, is reading a hobby? Or, well,
0: hey, I, I, mean, I do. I do believe reading is a hobby. But okay. I'm actually glad that you brought that up, as I point at you very you, closely and jab you woman. with my finger. Um, in Molly's thread of Andrew's thread, uh, she and another agent start discussing the fact that. As agents, reading has changed for them. Reading yeah, is now I mean, a job. Yeah, I mean, that's what I
1: was going to say. I mean, reading, even when I'm reading for pleasure, when we've talked about this at yeah. length mm-hmm. on this show, it's very difficult for me to divorce yep. the, the writer from the reader.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, now, there are certain books that are so good or so pleasurable that I don't find myself analyzing them as a writer and mm-hmm. thinking, oh, I would have done this or, oh, that's interesting how he or she did that yes. or whatever. Um, but you never know when you first pick up a book yeah. if it's going to be that kind of a book or not. Yeah. Um, so I actually
0: think that that's a marker of how I knew that my writing had improved a lot was when I started realizing that I couldn't fully escape into every book anymore. Uh, um, it, I guess I should say it was a marker for me of of when I was taking my writing more seriously and was actually studying the craft of writing right. as I read versus yeah. just reading to enjoy a story.
1: Yeah. I mean, I will, I will say two things in, in regards to hobbies and writers and, and yours truly. First of all, if, if I do have a hobby, I think probably the fairest thing to say would be my hobby is home automation. So true. <laughs> I, I do enjoy that. I have a lot of fun with, yeah. with all the various smart things that we have in the uh-huh. house. Um, but that's not something that I do on any sort of a frequent basis. You yeah. sort of set it up, and then if it needs to be troubleshot at some point, I do yeah. that.
0: Although I will say, dear listeners what three hours ago no it's like five hours ago yeah um our son's room is the coldest room in the house for some reason and uh so we have a little mini portable heater in there and the problem is is that the heater sometimes i think makes it a little too warm and so right before we go to bed i usually end up slipping inside his bedroom and turning turning it off to make sure that it's not overheated overnight and earlier this afternoon barry was like i'm gonna put a smart plug on that thing and blah 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 so now we can talk to siri and turn the heat off and on in there um so my point is i feel like you do do it almost every day oh no, you're I, like I, mean, I have an idea let me put a smart plug yeah, on that it was just
1: the day that i did it but i mean that, that's something i enjoy doing it also has the side benefit of, of being somewhat productive but also yeah i you know i'm gonna take issue with the idea of hey writers find a hobby because your hobby is now your job the fact of the matter is, there are still things that I write that I think of as a hobby. They, you know, mm, there are things yeah. that I write where I say, "Okay, this is my next book. This is the next thing I, that I will publish." And then there are things that I write where I don't really have any notion of is this going to be published or not, what's going to happen with this. Okay. Um, now, depending on how busy I am, those things, you know, I do more or less of sure. that. Uh, but I have a couple of things right now that. I haven't worked on it in a while because I've been so busy, but things where I'm like, I'm just going to work on this and see where it goes and just have fun with it. Okay. And if it turns into nothing, it turns into nothing. So, you know, other than that, a couple of years ago, I would have said my hobby was video games. I haven't. Hmm. We, we have been in this house for more than a year now. Yeah. I have not yet unpacked the Xbox. That's
0: correct. It's been like a year and a half.
1: It's been like a year and a Over half. Over a year and a half, I yeah. have not unpacked the Xbox yeah. because there's just no point.
0: Well, and it's funny because pre-back um, issues, but really pre-baby number two, Yeah. I would have said one of your hobbies is the gym.
1: Uh, see, I don't think of that as a hobby because I don't enjoy it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I laughed way too loudly for that. Oh that was funny.
1: I, I I don't. I hate the gym. Um I despise it. I do it because I am I am a man of of advancing years. Um with two small children and a wife who is substantially younger than me, and like I gotta stay alive, um, so that's why I do it. Um, and yeah, because of my my health stuff, I haven't been in in quite a while. Um, but I don't like it at all. I hate it. I hate physical activity of any sort. Yeah, I shun it. I would rather just be sitting on my computer writing.
0: <laughs> what about comics? Would you say comics are a hobby?
1: I mean, they they were when I was when I was collecting. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, but I think when I moved to New York and I sold most of my collection because I knew I wouldn't have room for it. Yeah, I think that officially ended my days of comics, comic books being a hobby. Okay, um, you know, if I decided to start collecting again, then sure that would be a hobby. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think so.
0: Yeah, yeah. What um, about you? Well, that's I was like, do I have a freaking hobby? Um, martinis. I was gonna say wine is <laughs> sort of your hobby. Uh, no, I, I like again previously I would have said yoga. Right. Um. I don't, I don't know. Wow. That's so sad. Yeah. That's really sad. Yeah. 2018 is going to be the year of More number one, the hobby. basement, the which basement. is fixing yeah. our basement. Number two, the year of the hobby.
1: The year of the hobby. Okay.
0: Not hobby lobby, just a hobby.
1: <laughs> Definitely not hobby no, lobby. No,
0: no. Um, okay. Well, listen, I think it's very, again, fortuitous that you mentioned that your hobby was, uh, what home technology, smart home stuff? Sure, yeah, yeah, because that is a wonderful segue into my next topic.
1: And we did not plan. <laughs> this. Swear Trust me, we, didn't we plan don't this. talk to each other enough <laughs> to plan these things.
0: I just came up with this agenda, so no, you did not even see it. Um, but there was a piece in the Times, the paper of record. Wow, we're really just sort of hitting the same pulse points over and know, over again right now, aren't we? Called the overmonitored nursery. Ah. Uh. Now we don't have an overmonitored nursery at all. No. We never have.
1: Nope. Um, Which, I will say, I do not get enough credit for the self-restraint that it took (laughs) not to over-monitor the nursery. Well, we
0: never talked about this kind of stuff, because this this piece talks about a lot of the very cool technologies that may or may not be helpful, may or may not be useful, um, partly because most of the time they're not necessarily actionable. Right. Um, But all the technologies that can give you information about your baby, whether it's, uh, you know, there are monitors that you can, like, um attached to the baby's foot or that go on the crib that beep if the baby stops breathing right. um there's obviously We have of...
1: one of those. We just never used it. We were given one oh, of we those. We it right. yeah, yeah, yeah. a baby shower present yeah. and we just never hooked it up.
0: Yep. Um there are obviously lots of various technologies to help a um a woman gauge whether or not she's breastfeeding enough, like whether yeah. the milk is there. Um obviously there's a million other kinds. Yeah. So you know, they're not talking necessarily just about a monitor right. in a nursery, which we still have for a three-year-old. Um, although we don't need it. Every time we have I, I like don't even put it on anymore. It's funny. Um, anyway, yeah, if the, if the information that you're getting from these technologies isn't actionable, what's the point? Sure. But why didn't we ever have any of that stuff? I mean, we were paranoid first-time yeah, we parents. were
1: hugely paranoid first-time parents. I like
0: couldn't actually sleep. Yeah. For like six months, my body wouldn't let me relax. Yeah,
1: you were you were a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know for one thing when when Leo was born, we were in a very small Brooklyn apartment, and so there was this sense that we were we were on top of her all the time yeah. anyway. So why did That's we true. need as, lo- as long as as long as we had a visual on her, we could flip on the monitor and look and see that she's asleep or she's not asleep. There was really no point. To, to having anything else.
0: Well, except for the ones that mo- do monitor whether or not the baby stops breathing.
1: Right. But you know what? I, I checked. We, we checked that out. Like and I said, yeah. we had one. And, you know, it seemed like like the way it worked was um, it was designed if there was no movement in the crib right. for 10 seconds, it right. would sound an alarm. Yeah. And that when it says movement, it doesn't mean the baby should be thrashing around in, in her sleep. It just means the the motion of breathing. Mm-hmm. And I will say, and I'm a paranoid guy and I'm a warrior and I have serious anxieties. But even I, when when I looked at that and I read those instructions, I thought, this just feels like a lot of false positives.
0: Yeah. And that's this actually... This just
1: feels like, you know, she rolls over a certain way and she's only half on the, the monitor pad And as a result, it's missing like every other breath and it starts throwing out alarms. And it just really felt like it was something that was not going to be helpful. Right. And it was going to cause more harm than good.
0: Right. The doctor uh, quoted slash interviewed in this piece says the problem with those is that there's so many inaccurate results.
1: It it, it seemed like one of those things where I can't imagine how you set it up and, and calibrate it. To be helpful at all. Right. You know? Um, and I just pictured us constantly being awoken by this alarm going off and rushing into her room. And she's fine. But now we've woken her
0: up. Yeah. And it just... And also, like, us just jumping up every 10 minutes yeah. or whatever, every hour, yeah. is probably not useful either. Right. I feel like I'm proud of us for not being overmonitored. Yeah. But also, I don't judge anyone that is overmonitored. No,
1: I don't. I mean, look, it's your kid. And, you know, you... you you don't know until you have them, yeah, like how frightened you are, <laughs> you know,, yeah. how terrified you are. Um, I mean, I remember when Leah was born, and they wrapped her up and handed her to me, and you fell asleep. you were, you were just out. and like then everybody left the room, <laughs> and it was just me holding this baby, this little tiny baby. And, like, nobody had said to me, do you know how to hold a baby? Like, do you know anything at all? Have you ever held a baby before, sir? Like, you know. no, there was no quiz. There was no vetting, extreme or otherwise. They just handed me this baby and walked out. Mm-hmm. And everybody was gone. And you were asleep. And, and I'm standing there holding the baby. And, you know, I hadn't slept much either. Right. And I was exhausted. But I was afraid to sit down. Uh-huh. So it's like, if I sit down, I'm going to fall asleep and drop yeah. the baby. And I think they frown on that and you know right from the beginning i was like terrified of doing something wrong or of hurting her or or of having her be hurt and and so it makes perfect sense that yeah. um you know you would want to you know install infrared monitors and, right, yeah. and electric eyes and, and stuff like that um in in the room and obviously there's an industry that will cater to you yeah uh, and will uh, will take as much of your money as you're willing to part <laughs> with but i think i think in a lot of cases we had that one visual monitor set up mm-hmm. and we talked about doing other things we did but but then we'd go to bed and wake up in the morning and everything was fine yeah and it was like oh all we really need is that one visual yeah you know yeah and we did it's not even one of the fancy ones that connects to the internet no
0: that's the thing we they talk about want, the nest cam we cams. didn't want
1: that we didn't want that yeah because those things get hacked and people start yeah. talking to your baby in the middle of the night but and, they,
0: they quoted a mother who um the first time she and her partner actually went out yeah, uh, you know, left a babysitter and went out to dinner. Um, she's like, we literally just watched the nest cam the entire time, yeah. and I was like, why are we doing this? We're out, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't want to talk about this because there's way too much to unpack, but it's just a general recommendation for everyone in the world to read this. James Bridle had a piece on Medium called "Something Is Wrong with the Internet."
1: Oh, yeah. This
0: is a tough read, you guys.
1: Yeah, and it's like, it's one of those things where you sent me the link, and I knew what the article was about, because I'd actually seen a couple of people in the tech sphere talking about okay. it. Okay. And I knew what it was about, and it was stuff I'd been thinking about, Yep. you know, not nearly to the level of sophistication he right. has, but in a general sense. And I thought, I don't want to read this, because it's going to confirm everything I've been thinking, and it's going to justify me doing crazy things. Right. And that's exactly what happened.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, just to give it a little bit of context, we've talked before about our daughter's, um, love of these very strange YouTube videos Yeah, and how there's a whole industry out there. And by the way, there are some that are not strange. They're, just, they're just, I mean, the concept of them is a little yeah. weird. Like, okay, let's unwrap presents. Fine. Right. Um, but they're not harmful. Right. They're fine. They're lovely kids. The products are fine. Whatever. Um, this goes obviously way beyond that. There is. Uh, an entire industry out there of um, essentially like automated YouTube videos that automated videos that exist on YouTube, I should say um, that as he says, quote, someone or something or some combination of people and things is using YouTube to systematically frighten, traumatize and abuse children automatically and at scale. And it forces me to question my own beliefs about the internet at every level. So, we're obviously going to put a link in the show notes. Yeah, uh, I don't want to drag that into it's a this. Big it, it's topic. a it's a big topic. It's a long article. It is an intense read, mm. like a deep dive. Um, so anyway, I, I recommend pouring yourself a cuppa and and looking at it, uh, and then you know running screaming to the mountains of Montana where there is no internet access, if that even exists in Montana. I'm not sure.
1: I think they have satellite internet. Probably yeah.
0: Anyway, but it has it has made me think a lot about. Um, about our kids' screen time. Yeah. I am not, as anyone who has listened to this podcast knows, anti screen time. In fact, I am pro screen time. <laughs> um, For
1: you and the kid.
0: Exactly. For the entire world, I want to have um, ample screen time. No, but I, it just, re- like, I, this article actually has me second guessing the YouTube allowance that our kid has. Yeah. Um, Right now, just so you guys know, like she, this started off, I keep trying to track exactly how we ended up here, but I think initially I was showing her some cute dog videos because she went through a dog phase, like, you know, when she was very little, I mean, old enough, but still. And then it became like a sort of cartoon phase on YouTube. So we would find cartoon videos, we would find colors and counting and just general kid stuff. But YouTube's search engine, of course, and their algorithms for what it's what they serve up to you are so complex and also so smart. Um, and yet also very stupid in some ways. But anyway, so we, she just ended up being served these very strange videos that we've already talked about. And now they're like what she watches. Yeah. And it's the Finger families and blah, blah, blah. We've, again, we've talked about all this before. But I I don't think they're harmful. Although every now and then, like, you or I have seen a video because sometimes I'm sitting there watching with her. We're right. talking about what we see on screen. We're counting things, whatever. Um, sometimes not. Sometimes Mama needs a break. Daddy needs a break, and she's got she's got. You <laughs> well, too.
1: sometimes Daddy has to feed. Yes, has to feed the baby. Uh, and, absolutely, uh,
0: yeah. But anyway, but every now and then we'll see a video that's like, what, like a kid dressed up as Spider Man pretending to kidnap another kid dressed up as Elsa, and they're shooting fake guns at a. A Little Mermaid, like, super weird yeah. stuff, and you're like, this isn't entertaining, and it's clearly not a good message, so right. what are you doing on here? Anyway. Um, but, listen, you and I had disagreements about screen time overall, right? Yeah. What are your thoughts on it now, now that we have a very smart, sassy, adorable, kind three-year-old who also loves her television? Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've got the baby who's nine months old, and who, like, just, I tried to, this is right around the time when Leia was nine months that I did some Sesame Street, I right. think. Yeah. Um, and she loved it. He doesn't seem too into Sesame Street, but he is really into Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, which Damn is the it. colors. Uh, but I mean, that's what it's for. The colors are, are for the, the babies like that. But um and, it, like, I, we don't put on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and leave the room or anything like that. It's, like, if he gets, I don't know, 10 minutes of it every three days, that's probably yeah. what he's getting right yeah. now. Um, anyway, but what are your thoughts? Because, again, you were so... I felt like you were really anti, yeah. particularly TV screen time. Yeah. Um, and now, I don't know. Is it, is it safe to say you're not anti?
1: No, I mean, I'm it's it's still something that concerns me and we've talked about like setting up playlists in YouTube Yeah, which you know I don't know how we're going to make her understand that that's all she's allowed to look at right yeah um, well
0: because the problem too is for those of you who are listening and are thinking Duh, just, just to YouTube kids um, these videos are on YouTube kids as well Yeah. so yeah. that's part of what this that's uh, part of the essay is about yeah. yeah
1: is that they're there too so the only way to really get around it is to sort of curate a list of videos ahead of the yeah. in advance and only let her watch them. And again, I'm not sure how we enforce that without looking over her shoulder the whole time. In yeah. which case, if we're doing that, she might as well not be looking at it at all. Um, I will say that the one thing that has sort of heartened me is that she sort of will will sometimes um end her her iPad session oh, yeah. before we do. Yeah. You know, we'll, you know, we have a timer. This is the little trick that, that you picked up from somebody. Uh-huh. Where... I think it was
0: Julia. If you're listening, ah, who once told me that yeah. for her daughter, like yeah. um, they actually set a timer for things and like, it was amazing how quickly her daughter was like, "Well, the timer's in charge, and you're right." right. The timer right. said it's time to eat Whereas dinner. If so, just you
1: say it, yeah. the kid's like, "Nah, screw you." Yeah. Um, so we have a timer, and we'll say, you know, okay, you know, you can have the iPad for X minutes, and we set the timer. When the timer goes off, she's done, and she's really good about it. when the timer really goes off. She instantly she goes, "I'm done," and she turns it off, and that's great. Uh, but there have been many, many times where, you know, the timer hasn't gone off yet, and she just goes, "I'm done," yep, and turns it off. Yeah, and so I feel like. I feel like that's good. Yeah. Um that that she's sort of pacing herself and she, you know
0: Then there are other times where like she literally wakes up and she goes, I want the iPad. Right,
1: right. And those are not good. (laughs) That's a rule where it's like, no, you cannot have the iPad when you wake up in the morning. Yeah. Even though that's what daddy gets when he wakes up in the morning. (laughs) Um so yeah, I mean I What about TV? Tv T V is a little different because we have much more control there. Mm -hmm. She doesn't watch TV. She watches no, you're right. She yeah. watches movies that we have on our yeah. server. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so she doesn't say, you know, I want to watch MSNBC or you know, can I watch HBO? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's I want Frozen. I yeah. want Brave. I want to see the Little Mermaid, and it's like, okay, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and and she can watch those things. Um, but the other thing that I've noticed that makes you know, I I'm still not a huge fan of screen time at, at her age, but again. She puts the iPad down by herself, and I can't tell you how many times she has said to me, "I want to watch Frozen." I put Frozen on. She watches it for thirty seconds, oh yeah, and then goes to play. She just Absolutely, wants to, she just wants yeah. to hear it in the background. Uh-huh. You know, that's she just wants to be able to look up and see Elsa. Yeah, you know, she's not actually watching. It. Right, yeah, she's, it was cute. She's actually playing. Yeah, and and, and it's just there. Because that's what she wants in the back. Yeah.
0: What really drove that home for me was how recently um, you and I discussed getting some music from her favorite movies right. on our phones so that and car rides and things like that. Um, so we we downloaded some you know random Disney songs from all the movies she loves. And the other day, she wanted to listen to those songs on my phone, even though we were in front of the TV and very easily could have put on right. any of those movies, but the TV was off, and we just sat there. Well. She stood and danced, and we sang the songs that she loves. And it was so cute. So, yeah, it was just about the music for her then. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Do you want to do a quick uh, what are you working on update, or do you want to do a reading update?
1: Sure. Uh, What am I working on? What aren't you
0: working on? (laughs) Oh,
1: God. Uh, So listeners know that there are various projects right now uh, that, unfortunately, I can't talk about. But I turned in Flashbook 3. All right. Which is a good feeling. Um, So we'll see how that goes. Um, And I am waiting to hear back on an outline that I wrote for a super secret mystery project that I cannot talk about because I signed lots of non disclosure agreements. But as soon as I can tell you about it, I will. And it's so cool. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: So I'm waiting to hear back on the outline for that. And uh, the other news is the project you and I have. Yes. That we can't say much about, but we will be able to. Is moving along swimmingly. I think it is. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it is. It is really fun collaborating with you. Yeah. Um, and and once we can say more about this, and especially once the book comes out, yeah. we'll talk a lot about this sure. on the show because it, I think it's interesting. Um, but you know, I, I read the 150 or so pages that we've got right now. Yeah. Uh, and read through it, and I was like, wow, like it's not. I thought it would be like really stupidly obvious who wrote what. Right. And that it would feel jarring switching from you to me. Uh-huh. Um, but it doesn't. It flows really well. Yeah. And, and I'm having a lot of fun. So. Me too. I and really this am. This is the first time I've done anything like this. I so. know. Yeah. Um. So it's cool.
0: Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, that's what I've been working so that's on. That's what too. you've been working mm-hmm. on too. Yeah. yeah. Um, that what? and all my big nights out. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. Mommy's nights out. And my day job. Um, we can talk about reading. I have not been reading anything because. All I'm doing is working yeah. and, and researching. But you've been reading, I know. I have. What, what you have know, you read?
0: So I recently finished Gather the Daughters uh, by Jenny Melamed. First of all, that name. It's such a good name. Such a good title. <laughs> Gather oh, the, the title. Daughters. Yes, yeah, sorry. Okay, I thought you meant the author. No, no, no name. the title. Um, it's published by Little Brown. They did a really fantastic social media campaign um, leading up to Halloween because it's a very, uh, as I think, as you can probably tell by the title, Gather the Daughters. It's a, a. It looks like a spooky book. Um,
1: oh, it's not just about some guy saying, hey, bring my daughters in here so we can all have dinner. <laughs> it's dinner time, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, no. Uh, decidedly not. Um, anyway, I'm struggling with this book because it was beautifully written. Incredibly written. It was a really hard book to read. Yeah, I remember you saying that yeah. when you were reading it. It is... Um, well, two problems. Number one, it was very hard to read. Number two... And I blame you for this. Uh, I guessed the twist very early on. Why do you blame me? Because I, before you, I never like actively looked for the twist. Even though I I I knew there had to be. I don't actively look. I know you don't. I know you don't. But that's how I feel. That's what happened with this book. With me was like I wasn't actively looking. Except I do think that now my subconscious is always actively seeking it. Yeah. And. Like, I legit was, like, 30 pages in. I was like, oh, I know exactly what what the twist is going to be here. The story was compelling enough that I wanted to keep reading to see what would happen. Except that truly halfway through, I was like, it's so dark that I don't know if I I can or should continue. And maybe if we lived in a different political climate, maybe if this was, you know, the 2017 in which Hillary was president, I would be able to read this. Um, But it was tough. I did pull through. I did finish truly absolutely beautifully written book um and then at the end i I read that the author um is a specialist in child abuse and child trauma and i was like that explains why she got this so right in this book so anyway i i feel bad like even talking about it because i'm not i'm not standing here saying like everyone should read this book it's amazing it's a it's an amazing book Again, very, very, very hard book, and not everyone should read it. So anyway, so that's me. And now I've got a few other things that I've started and, you know, I'm I'm reading casually. I get like, what, 10 pages every other night is basically what I do before bed. Yeah. (laughs) So that's it for us, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Visit us at writinginreallife.com for the show notes and some other links as well. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to us in iTunes. And while you're there, why not leave a rating? Five stars are very easy to give, you guys. It costs you nothing. Um, you can also leave a review, like actual words. We like those as well. So follow us on Twitter at W I R L podcast, and we will speak to you soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye.